Hello everyone and good morning. I'm Jane Hanlon, the Mortgage Club Manager and today's session of Ask Jane. Joining me today is Peter Barton from Ashford Solicitors and the question that we've had put to us is information about lasting powers of attorneys and in particular what is it. So over to Peter please if you could explain as a solicitor um, lasting power of attorneys to our members. Thank you, Jane. Hi, everybody. Um, gosh, we'll be here for hours, Jane, on this one. So there are yeah. no, so, this is an all-day topic. So there are three different types. So there's first of all what's called a general power of attorney. And if anyone's producing one of those to you to proceed with an equity release case, it must be discarded. A general power of attorney is one which authorizes somebody to sign on their behalf in, in, in relation to anything, property, finances. Uh, but a general power of attorney is only valid whilst you have your mental capacity. You generally see those, so for example, Jane, if you were signing your house and you were going to be away for a month and you were conscious that contracts had to be um, signed off whilst you're away, you normally give a general power of attorney to a friend or family member or to the solicitor for them to sign off for you. Now, and the minute you're back from holiday, you know, they, they, touch, they, they have an expiry of life and the minute you come back, they're torn up and job done. So. If you, ever, if you ever come across a general power of attorney anybody, it just can't be used for equity release. None of the lenders, solicitors will accept it. Going okay. on, we, we normally see, you now those of us that have been in, this, in the market um, a little bit longer, Jane, you will know what I'm talking about. There are two types of power of attorney moments. There's enduring power of attorney and the lasting power of attorney. Now, enduring power of attorney, you, after the 30th of September 2007, you can no longer make them. But don't worry, if somebody shows you an enduring power of attorney and it's all been completed, then it's all fine. It, just because it's old doesn't mean that it's broken or doesn't work properly, it's my average. Both documents, enduring and lasting power of attorney, do the same. They are authorising somebody to look after your finances when you're physically able to do it yourself or mentally unable to do it yourself. With the enduring power of attorney, it can be used before you've lost your mental capacity and it doesn't have to be registered for court of protection. But of course, when we're talking about release, the lender's solicitors will only entertain a power of attorney, a lasting power of attorney, and enduring power of attorney in case where the person has actually lost mental capacity. I think that's important here today, is if you're seeing somebody in the family, they'll say, oh, no, no, mum panics when she gets the letter, an official letter, as my mother used to, you know, we'll do this via the power of attorney, we can't. If the borrower is able to sign it, they have the mental wherewithal, yes, we can deal with the family, you know, to, to take some of the ease some of the pain from them, but it must be signed by by the borrower. So it's only loss of mental capacity. The enduring power of attorney to be validly used in an equity release case needs to bear the stamp, and it is just such a stamp on each page from the court of protection. If you're meeting with somebody and it hasn't been, it ha doesn't bear that stamp, but it is a good document, they can just send it off. And unlike the lasting power of attorney regime, the enduring power of attorney regime, I please report. There's a, a one-month statutory period in which it has to be registered with them. So we're not talking about six months as we are with a lasting power of attorney or how long is a piece of string. You know that after five weeks, it will come back stamped so you can proceed with the equitable risk case. Lasting powers are somewhat different. They can only be used if, you're, if, you know, if you've had it registered. Um, and again, it's conferring that authority on somebody to sign on your behalf. Now, the thing that I would have forgot to mention is under enduring powers of attorney that you need to watch out you need to watch out who has been appointed under the lasting power of attorney. Um, so if, Jane, for example, you had um, your other half appointed on the, under, under the 
and you are both doing a joint plan together, then that just won't work because you need, one, one person can't sign off with both of you. So you need to appoint somebody else. So whilst both documents confer the same powers, both have to be registered. You need to watch out who has actually been appointed. Ideally, Jane, it would have your other half and then other family members or other people appointed so that there's somebody separate who can sign off for you. So masking powers of attorney and enduring powers of attorney are really conferring on that person ability to sign off your finances for you. So you're seeing somebody who's lost mental capacity, the family can step in and sign. Um, you just need to, you know, and I'd always say run the documents past us. If you've got documents in order to check that A, they've been done properly, and B, they've put the right people, then you can send them through to us. You also need to watch out within the documents, both documents, there are sections whereby um, you can put restrictions on. So we need to right. check to make sure that there's nothing that says, you know, I, I wouldn't approve an equity release scheme in your head, or, you know, for certain transactions, you know, X needs to be notified. So I, I, I you know, certainly. And also, as an advisor dealing with a lasting private attorney or an enduring private attorney, you know, you're dealing with the attorneys. If there are two or three appointed, check what the appointment is. There are two types of appointment. There's a joint appointment or a joint right. several appointment. A joint appointment means you know, if you are appointed jointly, you would both have to sign the documentation. So even if I was abroad, I'd have to sign it. And if it's a joint and several, it means that, yes, I can still be kept informed. But Jane, you can just go ahead and sign it by yourself. So do you have to do money laundering on the attorneys then, as well as the borrower? Yes, we do. So we, in the same way that you ask the borrower for address identification and um, password driving license, we'd have to do the same on the attorneys. And certainly, if, if the end of the point goes, if there are two or three, whilst the financial advisors are advising all the attorneys, we would be doing the same. So we'd be corresponding with all of the attorneys. So if, if you're seeing somebody, I have come across a situation and seeing somebody, it's one of the attorneys, but say, well, my sister, my sister's the other attorney, but she doesn't like this. We then have a problem because they will have to be informed and, you know, have to consent to it. So, I mean, to me, it seems quite important to have a lasting power of attorney for this sort of age group of people in, in the sort of later life borrowing arena. Um, would you uh, would you go with that? I would, you know, I, would, uh, I couldn't agree more and certainly... You know, if we're seeing people now, and I would say, I'd rather be making a power of attorney for you now, whilst we can joke about you, you know, losing your marbles, as it were, than having to visit and get one signed up. So I would also, you know, and certainly I've spoken with, with many of your um, advisors on, on advice, mm. when you're entering into a country release, why don't you have somebody who can do a, a lasting power of attorney business for you? Because certainly within our letters, we're saying, dear Jane, you know, we're all going to have now, you really ought to think about a power of attorney especially when there's a drawdown attached to the plan. Because, Jane, you're fit and well now, but 10 years down the line when you come to get some drawdown, if you can't sign for yourself, who's going to do it for you? So that's where the attorney comes in. So I think, I think you know, always as a marketing tip from, from, from the session I present to people, but, you know, if you're the advisor, you're seeing the client, you've actually got all the information, more or less, that you need to draft the lasting power of attorney for the client. So only, the only additional detail you need is who do you want to appoint? Now, with no disrespect to anybody at all who drafts a housing powers of attorney, it is very much a box for you to tab through the document and, and fill it into name, title, address, who you're appointing. So it's quite a straightforward process. So actually, if you have a very good power planner or administrator in the office, it's certainly something that you could, you could, you could create as a business as an, as an, as an add-on to the equity release because it, it goes hand in hand and you're having those conversations. You're, yeah. Or Jane, you're saying, Jane, you're saying to me, 
I don't need this money, no, but I might do in five or ten years' time. That's the, that's the perfect in to say, actually, Jane, you know, just in case you're, you're not very well, how am I deploying But don't deploy the partner, deploy somebody else. That's a very good point. Um, so, I mean, is it very expensive to actually register them? You know, to... well, well, interestingly, you know, today, anybody can go online and download the forms. The registration fee used to be horrendous. It is now, it's no less than £80. I think it's, I think last time I looked at it, it's £63 to register one. Um, so obviously 126 for, for a couple. Yep. Um, if the person is in receipt of means assessed benefits, uh, you know, like the old income support sort of thing, then the, the, they waive the fee. So if, the, if you're seeing people on, you know, who are, actually have, have very low income um, and low benefits, then, they, then there's no registration fee. Um, you know, but certainly, you know, as a financial advisor in the company, I'll be saying to you, you know, and I, I give training to financial advisors on how to draft the documents and what, you know, how to draft an attendance note, what you should be looking for to, to note down, really to protect yourselves on that and the family. Excellent. And I mean, in the current climate, I mean, we don't know, but are they taking very long to register now? Because I would imagine that that's a bottleneck at the moment. It, you're right. It, 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 you're, you're, you're spot on as ever, Jane. It's, it's one of those you know, certainly with the enduring powers of attorney, it, you can guarantee you'll have it back within five five weeks of submission. Lasting powers of attorney are, you're, you're looking at three months. So, right. so if you're seeing somebody today, talking about April 2 so we know the conversations can take you a few months in the same while it'll be by lasting powers of attorney. I'd be saying to the person, look, you know, make sure it's registered. If it's not, get the application off now, because so by the time you get there, um, the, the, the lasting powers of attorney will be registered. One important thing that people listening to this need to know is that where a case is proceeding under a housing plan attorney, you know, either solicitor will need to be holding the original document, not a photocopy signed off by the solicitors, but the original. This isn't me being difficult. I know I have my moments, Jane. Right. Um, this is a requirement of the, lend of the lenders and the lenders' solicitors. We, the solicitors, have to give a legal promise to the likes of Evershed and Act Optima Barry Smith saying yes. I promise you that I'm holding the original in my possession until the charge has been registered on registry in favour of pure whoever. Right. So, I mean, registering the charge now is there's delays there as well, isn't there? So the borrowers or family who are acting obviously need to prepare for that, don't they? The delay in getting the original documents back. They do. We can always let them have certified copies. You know, certified ah, right. So that is as good as the original. And you might say to me, Peter, on the other, but why, why, why can't you just hold a certified copy? And I'll say that's because of the lender's requirements. And it all goes back to actually, not the lender's being difficult, but it goes back to the lender registry, because at any time, if they're not, so when it comes to register the charge, if they're not happy with the copy that has been supplied to them, they can insist on seeing the original. And the lender's quite rightly take the view, actually, it's far easier to get it from Peter, who's holding it, than to go back to the clients who've got their money um, and we, we might not hear from again. So I, I, I do take their view. But, um, and so we don't send the original anymore. We just hold on to it in storage. And we get the charge back, we release it. We then release from our undertaking. We send it to the clients by special next day delivery. Fair enough. That sounds good. Well, we've got a few questions that have been put to us by our members. So um, if I can ask you a few and um, hope to get a better understanding. Hopefully I can answer them, Jane. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, can an LPA transfer money to themselves? Because we get instances at the desk where, for whatever reason, they're owed money um, and they're waiting for the LPA to come through the courts. So can they actually pay themselves back? Oh, this is a good question. Now, it goes back to what are the purposes of the to release. 
Now, under the rules of the Office of the Public Guardian, who regulate grants and of attorney, money is going to only be used on an equity release if it benefits the person that is incapacitated. So, you know, if the idea was, you know, if you're seeing an attorney and saying, oh, well, you know, we know that mum and dad would have given us this money, so can we don't have a power of attorney so we can pay for our own mortgage? You can't, unfortunately, you can't do that unless there has been a historic, regular pattern of gifting by parents. Um, and it's, you know, for example, paying the school fees once a year, that can continue under a registered housing power of attorney because there was that previous pattern, but if there's been nothing before, and, you know, and even for even if it's done to, to save inheritance tax, for example, you know, if you can do any gifting at all um, made, you know, the vendors will either decline it or they'll say produce um, a court order from the Office of Public Guardian confirming that, you know, that they're happy that money be given to the attorney or gifted away elsewhere. And believe you me, Jane, having done a number myself for, for extremely wealthy clients, and we're only talking gifting the annual inheritance tax amount of £3,000, they're very reluctant to release any funds by way of gifts. And that also in part, it also impacts as well if, for example, you've got an incapacitated person borrowing funds to improve their home. If the attorney, uh, for example, the child, is living in the property with the incapacitated person, that will also be declined because the same, the lenders will say, somebody other than the incapacitated person is benefiting from those home improvements. So the purposes of the loan must be to pay off mortgages, debts, or care, you know, for home improvements if they're living there by themselves or their other half, um, that sort of thing. So, so gifting is a big no-no unless they get a, a court order, which, you know, I would put the shut in time and they won't get. So do you as solicitors actually ask for the purpose when you actually do the face-to-face -face visit? Um, we do, and we ask for it in writing as well. Um, oh, right. Yeah, we, we do, because we have, again, we have to give undertakings to every shows in that ultimate very swift that the purpose you know, that the purposes of the loan are for the benefit of the incapacitated person. So what would happen if you've got a joint application where um, obviously some of the funds perhaps were being used for care um, and part of the funds perhaps were to do some sort of essential repairs on the property for the other person residing within it? Well, because the, because the incapacitated person, either in a care home, you're still enhancing the value of their asset, which is the property, and actually it's their property, so that's, that's not a problem. Um, and, you know, so they can either be deemed to be the other half's share that's being used. Yeah. Because we're enhancing the value of the property, it's not a problem. Um, another question. Uh, can the LPA sell the home to pay for care fees? Yes, they can. So, certainly, um, they have, you know, on, on one thing I didn't mention earlier, and apologies, um, listeners, there are two types of asking power. The, 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 the financial one gives them, unless, a, unless the incapacitated person, when, when they made it, put in restrictions, they have a full, they have a clear, basically a clean slate as to what they can do. So, Jane, looking at for example, they can sell your home, they could invest money in shares, they thought it was sensible, they could close bank accounts, open bank accounts, you know, as long as, as long as it's in your best interest, they can do anything. The second type of lasting power which people have heard of, is the health and welfare, that is not to do with finances, um, it is purely to deal with, you know, you know, consent to treatment in hospitals, choice of care homes, you know, that sort of, that sort of issue. What happens then if, if you've, um, you've got no lasting power of attorney, but you've actually lost capacity? We hear this a lot. 
at the desk. Yes, I, you almost heard, I, you probably heard me sigh then, Jane, in desperation. Uh, yes, we, ha we, we have to get the family back in the position they would have been in had a power to be made, and that's called a, a deputyship order. Um, and it's, an, it's a, a very lengthy process, it's a minimum six month process, um, over 80 pages of forms to complete. And it's, it, what it, what it, I know, and it's very expensive. You're, you're looking at um, considerable amount of money being used. Um, it's usually about 800 pounds within in fees to the OPG for that. Um, and you're really just, you end up with a court order from the Office of Public Guardian saying, you know, um, we hereby authorise Peter Lawrence Barton to, to be the deputy for Jane Hanlon and we give her the following powers. Now, that's the first stage, and that, that, that would put them back into the almost the position of the last power attorney. But aside from that, if they're doing a choice, they have to apply for a second order that specifically authorises connecting to the lease case. So this is a tricky one for, this is where I, I particularly feel for advisors, because obviously being a six to nine month process, the second order has to stipulate, it says, I hereby authorise Peter Lawrence Barton to take out an equity release scheme with Pure for the sum of £80,000 with a reserve, for example, of £40,000. It has to be that detailed. You can't just say, I hereby authorise Peter Lawrence Barton to take out an equity release scheme on behalf of Jane Hamlon. So you, you imagine the poor advisor um, back in January seeing Jane, or Jane's family rather, and saying, right, you need to do this. Um, but when you're submitting your application to the OPG, you need to be saying what lender we're choosing and what amount. Um, and it'll be nine months' time. So, of course, one particular lender may have the best rate in January. But come through to September, when we get the order back, it might not be. So it's, 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 it's one of those that you can say to clients, look, I can give you the best rate today, but it may have changed because of some. Because obviously, in September, the family didn't say, well, I don't want to go with X then you're going to have to hold your application for a further Well, that just highlights really the need for a lasting power of attorney, doesn't it, right at the initial? It, it does. And if I was really listening to this, I'd be speaking with my administrator and getting them onto doing lasting power of attorney business. Yeah. Um, another question was, um, can a person with dementia actually change their lasting power of attorney who they've nominated? They can. It, de it depends on the, on the stage of dementia um, and certainly you know, their understanding. And so, to, you know, that's why I always say to advisors, of family, say, well, you know, we've seen somebody that got early early onset dementia or they've got early stage of Alzheimer's. You know, we, we take, you know, we would, if the client came into our office, or that's possible after tonight, um, then we'd be, we'd be judging them on, on face value. So if we felt, as long as they can, you know, as long as they can comply with the Mental Capacity Act um, and understand the nature of what they're doing and who it impacts, they can change who they've appointed. And they don't necessarily have to make a whole Ideally, you'd make a whole new lasting power of attorney, so you'd revoke the old one and make a new one. But you can also apply just to take somebody off and put something on in their place. Well, that's useful sometimes, isn't it, within families, because they can be well, some it's, it's particularly useful, Jane, when, it, when for example, I'm sitting, you know, we're, we're seeing an application where all that's been appointed is the husband or the wife, and obviously they can't sign on behalf of the agency, so we, we apply for an additional person to be appointed rather than saying, well, actually, the person's lost capacity. We're, in a difficult position, it's far better than going down the, and quicker and cheaper than going down the deputy route. Well, that's a useful comment, actually, because again, we get that across the desk where we constantly see uh, a wife or husband trying to sign for the other partner. So um, that could be another option for well, advisors to obviously it's, discuss. It's a, yeah, it's like almost, almost like an extra chapter to the last power of we're going to put some of the additional ones far quicker and far cheaper.
Great. Oh, that's very, very useful. So um, I think that mostly covers all of it, I think, doesn't it, Peter? Um, it's got I, a big I, subject. I think the one thing I would say, Jane, is certainly, you know, from, from your panel solicitors fees as us and Goldsmith Williams, GW Legal, um, we, we don't charge any, you know, it's still the 650 fee, even though it's going by a power zone, we don't charge extra. Right. Uh, if it's is going on. And, I, and we're both, you know, both Richard Espo and myself, are both of the opinion that the case can go through just as quickly with the power attorney as it can do with the property put in well. So please, anybody listening today, don't think it's going to take any longer because it shouldn't do. Um, obviously, you know, unless you've got two or three attorneys signing all, all in different parts of the country, we can still get around that. It should be no, no, no slower and it should be the same days. Okay, but that's all, you know, what I'm going to say on that really. No, it's lovely. Well, that's very good, I think, very comprehensive about lasting power attorneys. And hopefully people will take note and um, get them ready in advance for if and when they should be needed. Um, so thank you for joining me, Peter. Uh, it's been very, very useful. And uh, just like to remind our members to keep putting their questions forward. We will have a session at the end of the legal series um, with all your individual questions that we will be answering so please keep them coming i'd like to remind everyone for every care fire you you put through our platform advise wise we um, will now be entering you into a prize door and we will also be planting a tree so thank you for your time i hope you enjoyed <laughs>